the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. Good morning to you, fellow patriots. At eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Monday, the ninth morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day weekend celebration with your mom or the mom of your children or your grandmother or whatever mother figure was so influential in your life. Hope you had a wonderful day, moms, and all of those uh, who uh, who do what moms do. Thank you all so very much. Hope everybody had a great weekend. we got a lot of work to do, to do today as we uh, start out. On Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Online at alwayswrite.us, alwayswrite.us. Make sure you check out the stories of the day there. We'll go over those in just a few minutes. Coming up on the program today in about a half an hour, we're going to talk, as we do each and every Monday, with our fourth congressional district representative, the ranking member on the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, will be back with us. He is... um He's a little fired up today. I know he is, and with very good reason, for a host of reasons, in fact, uh, including the uh, ongoing assault on the Supreme Court, which we'll talk about in a second, and also about the ongoing assault at our southern border. I saw some numbers this morning that were staggering. Staggering. 
We were being told that there were, you know, just hundreds of new crossings and apprehensions every day, that once Title 42 is eliminated later this month, it will jump up to around 18,000 a day. We are already in the thousands per day, according to the numbers from a, from a retired Border Patrol agent who still connects and liaises with other Border Patrol agents who are giving him the real numbers. And it is an absolute assault on our country, on our resources, on our systems of government in all areas. And it is intentional. It is literally impossible for it to be an accident or something that is just a whole bunch of decisions that have been made have been the wrong decisions. It's impossible for it to be uh, a government doing its best effort to seal the border and to st- uh, you know kind of stanch the flow, if you will, of illegal uh, aliens crossing that border. It's, it's impossible for somebody to try and fail this badly, which indicates clearly that they're just not trying. They don't want to stop it. Uh, the ongoing flow, they've got, you know, some 11 million is what they always say. There's around 11 million illegal aliens in the country, and yet we're getting a 2 million more or so in every single year, at least in the first 15 months of the Biden administration. Why is that number not rising to 13? Why is it not to 14 to 15 and so on as time goes by? With the number of people crossing every single day, which doesn't count the gotaways, which are hundreds of thousands on their own, how can they possibly deny that this is intentional? It most certainly and clearly is. So we're going to talk about that with Jim Jordan, uh, among other things, coming up at 935. Mr. Jordan is the only guest that we have scheduled on the docket today, which means plenty of time for your phone calls and conversation at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will be just fine, and I look forward to hearing from you. You may also... Leave a message, and it looks like a few people did over the weekend. I've got a few, quite a few uh, messages on the alwayswrite.us sound-off page. So if you have not yet partaken, make sure you go to alwayswrite.us, look for the red button on the right, upper right side of the page that says Sound Off, and click there to record your message for the show. I'll play it back, I'll respond to your comments, and I'll answer your questions. That way you don't have to wait on hold. Or, maybe even more importantly, if you... Um, uh, are not listening live. If you're listening later in the day and uh, it's a show that's already aired and you've got a response to it and you want to say something, that'll be your opportunity to do so and have it responded to on the very next program. So a lot of different opportunities for you to communicate to the program, either on the air live or by way of alwayswrite.us and the sound off page. Now, before we get started on the most important news of the day, I would ask you as a patriot to rise wherever you may be, unless you're driving. You are excused from standing. Uh, but join us anyway with a hand over your heart. And face a flag if you have one nearby, wherever you might be, and join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. We start every show this way because Democrats hate that we start our show like this every day. They hate when school boards start their uh, meetings with Pledges of Allegiance. They hate when schools dare to do the Pledge of Allegiance, especially in the presence of children. How dare they generate some national pride and some and some faith and some confidence and some loyalty to the flag that represents this great country. They hate that, which is exactly why we do it. So if you are a Brandon uh, administration uh, supporter, if you are a believer in throwing Molotov cocktails at abortion, uh, excuse me, at pro-life clinics because you are so in love with abortion that you really feel like killing people who are alive is nothing more than health care. It's just retroactive abortion, right? 
If you're one of them, then you don't believe one single word that's in the Pledge of Allegiance, and you don't believe in one single principle represented by that flag. So you are excused from this pledge. Go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us... I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So let's lay it all out and let's just just get this out there. The American left likes killing. All right? I'm going to let that sit for a second so that you don't think there's any qualifiers to it. I'm not going to put any add-ons on that other than to clarify and to and to really give you some perfect examples of such a statement. The American left likes killing. They are willing to essentially tear down anything and anyone in order to keep the right to kill babies, pre-born babies, defenseless human beings. They have absolutely no qualms whatsoever with doing whatever needs to be done to protect and preserve the right to kill babies. And now, I think it's very, very clear to say that they don't mind killing adults as well, especially if those adults interfere with their right to kill babies. They're willing to attack violently, and it doesn't seem to matter to them. It doesn't seem to matter to them who is victimized, as long as they get the right to continue to kill. Radical abortion activists firebombed a pro-life group's office in Madison, Wisconsin, over the weekend. A leftist radical threw Molotov cocktails into the Wisconsin Family Actions office in the capital city, and a picture of the destruction shows the office heavily damaged from the bomb. Fortunately, no one was inside at the time, but they didn't know that. Or at least... There is no evidence that they made sure no one was inside and, and that only property damage would happen. But they were willing to throw, and, and, and let's be real, they don't care about lives whether they are taken intentionally and actively or after the fact, passively, meaning you intentionally set a building on fire. It necessitates fire rescue. It necessitates firefighters coming to the scene and battling a blaze. Lord only knows how big a blaze can be and how much danger a firefighter can be put into. They don't care. They like killing. And they want everyone to know that killing will continue no matter the age of the victim. The pro-abortion terrorists responsible also vandalized the building and left a threatening message on the wall that said, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. End quote. Wait, what? First of all, understand the double meaning of if abortions aren't safe. Because number one, abortions aren't safe, either for the baby that is going to be ripped limb from limb, or for the mother. Because there are horror stories 
about mothers who have suffered terribly because of complications with their abortions, or would-be mothers, I guess I should say, who have, who have suffered serious, serious damage done to their bodies, who have been never been able to conceive again after abortive procedures have happened. So no, abortions are not safe, but in the double meaning here, what they're saying is if the right to abortions are, is not protected and is not safe, then you aren't either a direct threat to pro-lifers, pro-lifers who have never harmed anyone at the Wisconsin Family Action Office, threatened by people who like to kill things, the people who like to kill humans. Because their right to kill humans might be just a little bit more difficult for them to obtain. It wasn't immediately clear how much damage was caused. A window was uh, was also broken. The building was hit with graffiti, said Julianne Appling, a, a president of the lobbying and advocacy organization. Madison police spokeswoman Stephanie Fryer confirmed Sunday morning that authorities were investigating due to the suspicious nature of the fire. They do believe that it was Molotov cocktails that were thrown into the building to set it ablaze. Appling said she and other coordinators were getting ready for a Mother's Day brunch in Watertown when a staff member informed her of the break-in and the assault on the building. A person on the way to the airport saw smoke rising from the building and called police. The report states no one was injured. Thank the Lord. What you're going to see here is a direct threat against us, Appling said of the attack coming just days after the leaked U.S. Supreme Court opinion revealed a majority of the high court agreed, agreeing to overturn the landmark 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade that legalized abortion across the country. Imagine if someone had been in this office when it happened. Activists, uh, abortion activists planned to, quote, raise hell at churches all across the country yesterday on Mother's Day, of all things, because that's what the one thing that the left hates as much as, let me rephrase, the one thing that the left hates on an equal level to pre-born babies is mothers who actually carry their babies to term. That's why they chose Mother's Day to protest and assault and attack, particularly at places where mothers might be, like, I don't know, churches, So mothers, actual mothers, not would-be mothers who don't want to be mothers, who decide to go ahead and kill the child within them so they don't become mothers, mothers and pre-born children are equal targets to the radical abortion extremist left. Violence and outrage uh, outrage growing in response to a leaked draft opinion. Pro-life pregnancy centers and pro-life advocates have already been the targets of vandalism violence and harassment this week in response to the news at least one catholic church too has been and uh more seem likely in the days and weeks ahead fox news reported at least two pro-abortion groups are calling for churches especially catholic churches to be the target of abortion activist outrage because you know nothing says nothing says uh peaceful disagreement of opinion on merit the merit of life versus uh, versus termination of life, quite like attacking innocent people as they go to church and pray. You see, because it's those people, those prayer warriors, that the left hates so much that might actually influence the opinions of people like, I don't know, Supreme Court justices. 
And those prayer warriors, well, then those prayers have to be stopped. We can't let them pray. If they pray to God, that God intervene and perhaps touch the hearts and the souls of the people in power when it comes to deciding whether or not babies will be protected or babies will be allowed to be slaughtered. When it comes to when it comes to praying to God to actually touch the minds and the hearts of the justices, well, he might actually do it. And we can't have that, so we've got to stop the prayers. Let's attack the churches. Let's attack those Catholics. Let's attack those believers in the sanctity of life. Because you know what? You're getting in the way of our comfort and convenience. Don't you understand we want to be able to have sex with no consequences at all? I mean, what are the possible outcomes of having sex? As I said on Friday, what do you expect if you have sex? A big screen TV? No. Uh, A new iPhone? No. The The only possibility if you have sex, if something is created and produced, is going to be a human life. And you need to understand that, acknowledge that, and decide appropriately knowing that, whether or not the sex you are about to have, protected or unprotected, or believably protected or unprotected, timed, or whatever the case might be, the result might be a child. And the left says, well, we don't have time for that nonsense. We just want to be able to have sex with no regrets, and if something happens and something is produced that isn't an iPhone or a flat screen, and if it's a baby, well, then I want to go ahead and take care of that, get rid of it. They literally want to use abortion, and have been since 1973, as birth control. Ah, doggone it. I got knocked up again. All right, I'll schedule. As if it's just a procedure. It's just a health care procedure. It's just, it's just health care. You understand? It's health care. Just like the abortion, uh, or excuse me, the anti-abortion pro-lifers at that uh, uh, health center, a legitimate health center. Abortion clinics are not health centers because there's nothing healthy about it. Not for the baby, not for the mother, or the would-be mother. But in an actual pro-life health center, they figured out, oh, well, if somebody dies in there, it's no big deal. It's just health care. It's just retroactive abortion, and that's okay with them. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty disturbing time that we are entering right now. I would say in, but we're entering a new phase right now because of the potential opinion uh, by the justices. This is a very, very dangerous period of time, and we need to address it with the seriousness that it uh, that it deserves. I welcome you at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer. So, uh, Biden finally spoke. Literally, you know, this all happened yesterday. The, uh, the attack on the pro-life center in, in uh, Wisconsin. This happened yesterday, early in the day, and got no response at all from the White House. Nothing. Zero. Until 20 minutes ago. 20 minutes ago, the White House released a statement from Joe Biden, 
who strongly condemns the Molotov uh, cocktail attack on the uh, pro-life center in Wisconsin. Biden's statement came a day after the unknown assailant threw at least one Molotov cocktail into the office of Wisconsin Family Action, the pro-life activist clinic. President Biden strongly condemns this attack and political violence of any stripe. The president has made clear throughout his time in public that life, or in public life, that Americans have the fundamental right to express themselves under the Constitution, whatever their point of view, but that expression must be peaceful and free of violence, vandalism, or attempts to intimidate, the White House said in a statement. Hmm, interesting. Sounds like it might be a pretty strong statement by the president, but let's put it to the test. Does he really believe that expressions must be peaceful, free of violence, vandalism, or attempts to intimidate? Hmm, I don't know. Because it was just three days ago on Friday when Propaganda Patty, otherwise known as outgoing press secretary Jen Psaki, speaking for the president, declared that President Biden had no opinion on whether or not it would be okay for pro-abortion, which means pro-death activists, to protest and intimidate Supreme Court justices in their homes. She was asked very directly about the planned protest at the homes because uh, the far-left group, Ruth sent us, um, posted maps to the homes of Supreme Court justices so that the radical pro-baby killers could go to their homes and intimidate and harass them and their families, not to mention their neighbors. And that's exactly what they did over the weekend. Pro-abortion, pro-death activists marched outside the homes, specifically of Brett Kavanaugh and Chief Justice John Roberts. Now, what was the intention outside, particularly at Kavanaugh's home, where it got particularly vicious, according to the reports? What were they intending to do there, if not intimidate? They were there to intimidate Justice Brett Kavanaugh and to intimidate Chief Justice John Roberts. And yet Joe Biden said nothing. And on Friday, essentially gave tacit approval to intimidate these justices at their homes when Jen Psaki stood there at that podium and said, we don't have a position on that. We hope the protests are peaceful, but we don't have a position on whether or not they should go to the uh, justices' homes. Unbelievable. This man is fostering and fomenting so much division and so much hatred in this country by himself that it's really, really hard to wrap your brain around. All right, let me get a time out here for news. Bottom of the hour, Jim Jordan from the 4th Congressional District and the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. He'll join me next to discuss this and more on Always Right Radio. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think that's too strong of a term, to be honest with you. It is depravity, and it's, uh, and it's what they operate by. 
938 as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Let's welcome to our program, as we do each and every Monday, the 4th Congressional District Representative of the State of Ohio, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, and hopefully soon the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee after November, Congressman Jim Jordan. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, Bob. Good morning to you. Hope you had a nice Mother's Day. You yes, and your family? we did. We Good. did. Very nice. Thank you. I hope you had the same. We did. It wasn't so great for some folks, uh, particularly churchgoers across the country who were apparently victimized uh, by intimidation tactics, and at least in one case in Wisconsin, an absolute assault. Now, this wasn't a church grow, a church situation, but they attacked a pro-life clinic in yeah. Wisconsin with a Molotov cocktail. I know you have roots in Wisconsin, obviously, as a badger. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw this. We saw uh, we saw churchgoers being attacked. We saw the homes of Supreme Court justices not being attacked, yeah. but being targeted with intimidation and harassment all over the left's just passionate attempt to be able to kill babies without restriction. Uh, Congressman yeah. Jordan, yeah. Congressman Jordan, uh, the White House has been very, very quiet about this. About a half an hour ago, we finally got a, the president strongly condemns the Molotov cocktail attack on the, uh, on the facility in Wisconsin. That was the only mm-hmm. thing that was condemned. Are they not tacitly approving of these tactics by not speaking out more forcefully well, to stop them? Well, they, they, this is, uh, you know, this is reminds me of the summer 2020 when, when they called rioters and looters peaceful protesters. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're spending their entire, their whole campaign is about, uh, uh, January 6th. Uh, they focus so much on that, but it's never, it's never, uh, never any concern about, it seems, uh, when it's the left who is engaged in, in, uh, in, in wrongful activity. We condemn it all the time. You've been, you've been consistent. You've condemned it all the time, mm-hmm. uh, when, when this kind of stuff takes place. So this is as wrong as it gets. But I, I, I want to back up and, and say, you know what? We don't, we don't know what the final decision is going to be yet. Let's hope it's what they said because, you know, there's been so much talk about the leak and everything else. But this is a victory for life. This is a victory for, for the Constitution. Uh, this, is, this is a win for the sanctity and preciousness of human life if, in fact, this is the decision that, that ultimately uh, happens. And I, I think sometimes that last week it seemed like we got so focused on the leak and everything else and forgot this is something the pro-life community has been pushing for uh, for almost 50 years now. Um, and that's why the left is going so hard. It is truly designed to intimidate the United States Supreme Court into not doing, uh, the, the, not making the decision that was leaked out uh, a week ago. And that is, uh, again, that is as wrong as it gets. Well, that's exactly the point. You know, in, in the president's quote, you know, statement of quote unquote strong condemnation, uh, it actually includes the phrase, um, attempts to harass and intimidate, uh, are, are strongly condemned. Mm-hmm. But yet, when propaganda patty, otherwise known as Jen Psaki, the outgoing, soon to be outgoing, uh, uh, a press secretary yes. said on Friday, was asked on Friday about the plans to protest at the homes, not at the Supreme Court, but at the homes of Supreme Court justices. She said the president and we in the White House do not have an opinion on that. So by not saying, of course not, they should absolutely not go and harass people in their homes, particularly people who are not Supreme Court justices, like family members, but instead of condemning that and saying no, she said we have no opinion on that. Is that not essentially green light saying go for it, do what you got to do? Well, this is the left, though. I mean, they dox people. They, they go after. I mean, this is how the left, this is the whole cancel culture left mindset. If you have an opinion, if you have a belief different than theirs, you're not allowed to speak. And if you try, they're going to call you names. They're going to protest. They're going to dox. They're going to do everything. And they're going to they're going to try to cancel you. That, that's just that's just how they, they tried it with. 
they tried it with Justice Kavanaugh before he was Justice Kavanaugh. I mean, we, we remember that. What they did to that individual is, is, I mean, was so wrong. So this is how the left operates. They think they can prevail with, with intimidation. But, you know, the American people get it. The American people aren't going to tolerate it. Um, and uh, th- th- when, you, when, you, when you step back and look just how radical they are, I think the country, the country has common sense, and they've figured out these, that the left is so radical today, we're not going to go along with them. We're going to stop them. And where they, where they ultimately stop them is on Election Day this November. Congressman Jordan, let me ask you about uh, the leaker. We don't know who it is, obviously. I think most people first thought well, that it would be the clerk or somebody very, very high up in a uh, on the staff of one of the, the liberal justices because they want to create this chaos in the last six months of power that they have before the midterms, uh, and, and they lose their power. This is when they're going to try to uh, you know abolish the filibuster, pack the court, etc., but the left is arguing in the last couple of days, we really truly believe it was a conservative justice's clerk or or somebody on the conservative side. What would be the benefit for a conservative-minded person to try to, to release this in advance of the actual opinion being delivered? I don't know. I mean, there's been all kinds of speculation. I don't know. I guess my gut still tells me it was probably someone on the left trying to do what we just described, trying to get this decision out there, the, uh, the draft decision out there, so that there could be this intimidation done and... And, and, and I guess fire up the left and think that maybe it'll have an impact on, on, on election day. Um, I don't know. Uh, what I do know is, uh, as I said before, this is, this is a, if this decision holds, it's a victory for life. It's a victory for the sanctity of human life. And, um, and, and frankly, whoever leaked it should be held accountable. I mean, let, let, let's find out who it is. What, what does that look and like, by the way, like, if I may? What does that look like? What should yeah. happen to the leaker here? Well, I, I'm not sure if, if there's actually a criminal liability here, but if there is, then, then, then they, should be, they should be prosecuted. But I think, I think first and foremost, figure out who it is, because you don't want this kind of thing happening in the future. If, in fact, they can be prosecuted, they should be prosecuted. Let's just follow the law. I mean, that we're, we're a country that's supposed to be about the rule of law and equal treatment under the law. So let's figure all that out, what took place. Uh, it may not, in fact, be criminal, but I don't know that. I don't know that, that, um, that that's been determined yet, but I think we need to figure out who this is. And, and do everything we can so this doesn't happen again. Uh, we're talking with Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer and Always Right Radio. One more quick one on this. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas spoke very, very strongly about this on Friday and declared that uh, there is no way uh, that this, the court and the justices will be bullied into possibly uh, okay. not releasing their opinion or changing their vote or holding it back in any way. Quote, we can't be an institution that can be bullied into giving you just the outcomes you want. The events from earlier this week are a symptom of that. He said we won't be. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe that? Do you believe that um, the midterms will be impacted by this? Do you think that voters will be bullied or intimidated or uh, influenced to change their minds based on what we are seeing right now? No, I think I think um, you know this. Well, first of all, it's, it's great to hear what Justice Thomas said. And remember, this is the same Justice Thomas who knows what bullying and intimidation are like. He had to go through the, what Kavanaugh had to go through. He had to go through that years ago, and we all remember that. Remember that? I remember that moment when he talked about this is a high-tech lynching, what they were coming at when he used that phrase. Yeah. I mean, so, so to hear Clarence Thomas, a man of principle like him, say that is so encouraging, and I think helpful for our country, for Supreme Court justice to, uh, uh, to make that statement. How this plays out politically, look, I think there's a chance it, it, it motivates their side, uh, you know, the, the, the Democrats, and people who, um, who, who are disagree with this decision to come vote, but it also motivates the pro-life community. As I said before, think about the pro-life community, which has so, such a strong presence here in our state, Bob. 
you know, Cincinnati right to life, Ohio right to life for so long have been so strong in, 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 in standing up and defending the sanctity of human life. I think pro-life voters are going to come out and vote, too. And then there's all the other issues that I think are going to drive people to vote. So uh, I'm much less worried about the politics. I think we're in a good position if we continue to take our message to the American people. Uh, we're going to win and get back to the majority. But the main thing here is we want a decision that's actually res- respectful of the Constitution and respectful of human life. And I think that's what this decision is, if it in fact holds up. Congressman, every time I ask you about the midterms, I, I mention to you free and fair, if we have free and fair elections. And I think if that's yeah. the case, you, what you just said would be accurate. Are you worried any more about the illegal? Did you see 2,000 Mules when it premiered uh, streaming on Saturday by chance, the Dinesh D'Souza movie? I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to watch it. I, I've talked to, I've had the privilege of talking to Dinesh D'Souza about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, I've seen the trailer. But I look forward to I, I plan to, Polly and I plan to watch it sometime this week, um, but I haven't seen it yet. But I've, okay. I've heard nothing. But I just talked to a colleague who said he watched it and thought it was tremendous uh, and very insightful uh, and also concerned. Yeah, tremendously <laughs> disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Cause I interviewed Dinesh last week for about 20 minutes, and he gave me all of the details and all the lowdown. I haven't seen it yet either, but my, my, my reason for asking is obvious here. They they were so motivated to defeat Donald Trump. They were so terrified yeah. of the man that they yeah. thought was the orange Hitler and all the other things went down that they were willing to cheat. And and that movie, by the way, provides extraordinary evidence of that cheating. My my question is, is does the prospect of the overturning of Roe uh, to a party that is so just completely behind the we deserve the right to kill babies whenever we want to, without exception, without question, and at any level of gestation, any term of gestation, do you think they will be more motivated to cheat just like they were in 2020 because of this? Well, but I think, I, you know, we had Virginia uh, last fall uh, where, where a purple state, blue state has now got a Republican governor because our side's so focused. On, on turning out and voting and, and stopping the craziness that the left now, you know, which controls the Democrat Party. So I, I feel really good about it. Plus, I think we're all watching everyone. And now it's like, okay, we are all on notice. We are going to watch. We're going to have people at every polling location, every precinct. We're going to be focused on making sure this thing is not done uh, in, in any way that can be questionable. So um, I, I do feel um, I do feel good about it. You're right. I think the left is, is going to be fired up about it. And understand this. And I talked about this last week in an interview. They're the ones, and you were describing this, Bob. They're the ones with the radical position. They're the ones, you know, because they always you, you the, the, the Republicans want to stop. No, no, you guys have got the position that says you can take the life of an unborn child all the way up till the time of birth. And if you remember the former governor of Virginia, he said even after that little baby was born. So th- th- that is how radical their position is. I think it's important we tell that to the American people, and that will be on their mind when they go vote uh, as well this fall. Yeah, there's no question about it. And the last thing I'll ask you this morning, Congressman Jordan, is you um, have written a letter to uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray uh, demanding either hearing or testimony or both over the what you are calling and many are calling retaliations against people over January 6th, people who did nothing, and we're talking about uh, federal employees, people who did nothing but attend the President Trump rally or, or speech that day. They didn't go to the Capitol. They didn't go in the Capitol. They didn't break any laws. They just attended attended the event in which President Trump spoke and that they are now losing their security clearance over that. Can you tell us more about that? Well, and understand, when you lose your security clearance as an FBI agent, that is step one in, in determination. So that's what's happening. And one of these is brought to us by a whistleblower. According to the whistleblower, they have not been charged with a crime. They have not been interviewed. They, they, they didn't go in the Capitol. They were simply off duty with their spouse, exercising their First Amendment rights 
to listen to President Trump give an address at, at, in, in our nation's capital and, 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 and being retaliated against. And one of these individuals was a 20-year veteran and served 10 years then with the FBI, and he came forward. So, so that, that is the situation. We're saying maybe there's, a, maybe there's an explanation for this. But it sure looks a little strange to us, and and we'd like to know. So that's why we put the letter together. And God bless these guys for coming forward and having the courage to come forward and tell us what's really going on there. We'd like to get some answers, and that's why we sent the letter. Will the chair uh, try to solicit that testimony and hold that hearing? No, I doubt it. But, but, you know, that doesn't doesn't stop us from doing everything we can to get the truth out there and, and uh, and to find out what's really going on with these individuals who, uh, again, are simply exercising their First Amendment rights in a way that, that, that I think is the way you're supposed to do it. So they're not showing up at some Supreme Court justice's house. They're not, they're not trying to intimidate. They're not, they're not doing anything in any type of violent or, or rioting way. They're simply exercising it. They were simply exercising it according to what they've told us, their, their First Amendment liberties the way you're supposed to under our Constitution. Congressman Jim Jordan, ranking member of that House Judiciary Committee. Congressman, a lot of very deep stuff today, very important stuff. We appreciate your time, and thank you for discussing it with us. You bet. Thank you, Bob. Take care. All right. 9.51 now. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. That, that's an astounding thing, that last piece that I just discussed with the congressman. The FBI is suspending the security clearance, as he said, that's step one toward being fired. Security clearances of employees who peacefully protested at former President Trump's January 6, 2021 rally before the riots. In other words, they just went to the speech. They listened to the speech. Not in official capacity, off-duty, there with their families. And now they've had the security clearance revoked, which is going to be the first step toward being fired and probably losing pensions. He just mentioned one of the individuals who has had their security clearance revoked, is a 20-year military veteran who then served 10 in the FBI. You you, you get your security clearance revoked, you get fired. I believe that terminates your pension eligibility as well. This is clear retaliation and retribution for somebody, supporting somebody that the American left hates, that the Brandon administration hates. It's unbelievable that this can go on in the United States of America. Hopefully, the noise being made here by or by uh, Congressman Jordan and others will uh, will shock some people into action in Washington because this cannot be allowed. All right, nine fifty three. Quick timeout. Right back. Always right radio. Nine fifty eight. Got time for a couple here before the top of the hour. Brian is in Cleveland. Hey, Brian, you're up first. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob. Good morning. I was curious if you're uh, aware of the overwhelming list of uh, companies that are expanding uh, safety nets into their health care programs to support abortion. So like if, say, Ohio makes abortion illegal, yeah. they'll pay you to go to Indiana and get one. The only one I knew about was the only one I knew about because they announced it very early on when this whole thing was, was happening last <laughs> week is Amazon. They're going to provide $4,000 for employees to leave the state they're in if they've got to go to another state to kill their baby. They're going to provide them $4,000 in travel expenses and time off, et cetera. There's uh, uh, DoorDash, Lyft, uh, Levi's, Hewlett-Packard. And a, a slew of others. So, in other words, I all see, the woke, uh, all the woke, all the woke companies. Yeah, pretty much. And if I could touch on that Amazon, I wonder. Yeah. Okay, so they're going to 
they're going to give you four grand to go somewhere else to kill your baby. So does another pregnant employee get to walk into the front office and request her four grand because, you know, she's made her choice to keep her baby? Yeah, no, of course not. For that four grand? No, no. You want to go and have your baby and protect your baby's life? You do that on your dime. But if you want to kill your baby, then we got you. We got you covered here. We'll stroke the check. Think about how sickening that sounds. Thank you. I know. Man. You know, everybody advocating for abortion is still alive. That's exactly right. Everybody there. That's that's called birth privilege. Thanks for the call. President Reagan made that line famous. Uh, he found he always found it interesting how everyone who is against abortion has already been born, and it is so true. And I and I changed it and called it birth privilege. You know, they always talk about white privilege, this or male privilege, that. There's birth privilege. Everybody who is calling for the right to kill babies has already had the privilege of being birthed themselves. Vince is in Westlake. Hey, Vince, go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Vince. That's the the complete uh, hypocrisy and uh, duplicitousness and despicableness, if you that's a word of the of the left. Um, they're all open-minded, tolerant, thoughtful, and compassionate until we have a different point of view. And then they come and they dox you. Uh, they try to cancel you. They protest in front of your house. They burn uh, pro-life clinics and uh, health centers. And th- this has got to stop. And you were talking with Congressman Jordan. Uh, I just pray, and I'll be calling the offices of our representatives again, that you you need to stand up and you need to shout loud and clear and hard and you know not like uh, you know some of the weaker conservatives do at times but scream as loud as they do you've got to fight back and, and do. this is just out of control they're, they're practicing the Saul Linsky rules for radicals you know ridicule marginalize and isolate your enemies and do whatever you need to do to bring them down and and this cannot happen in a free society of the United States of America. And I pray, Bob, that, you know, again, thank God for people like you and the, and the talk shows on the right that at least they're out here bringing us to life. Otherwise, think of where we'd be. And that's, oh. that's the really scary part. Well, you know, the, the really scary part is how good they are at it, how good they are at delegitimizing and Absolutely. isolating and marginalizing uh, people who have views like ours. They're very, because they've been doing it for decades. They have practiced yep. it. They've almost perfected it. And it's what we have to fight back against very loudly. Thank you, Vince. I appreciate the call. News time now. Back after this. Guest free the rest of the way. So dial now on Always Right Radio. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now at eight minutes past 10 o'clock. Good morning. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. It's the ninth morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thanks to Congressman Jim Jordan. If you missed that interview, it will be posted on alwaysright.us probably in about an hour or so. We'll get that up there for you so that you can uh, uh, catch up on what you missed. Very important conversations about this leak, the Roe versus Wade discussion, what it means for the midterms, what it means for the justices, and more. So make sure... You listen to that interview and share it, if you can, with others who needed to hear it, too. I spent the last few minutes of the break that we just took 
posting on Facebook on my Always Right Radio page. If you are on Facebook, if you have not yet uh, fled Zuckerberg's uh, cesspool of of uh, censorship, I guess is the best way to say it, and I still use it for the purposes that I need it. So I just posted uh, on Always Right Radio, and you can find me at Always Right Radio on Facebook. Based on the last call, it was a great call. Vince just pointed out the hypocrisy. I knew about the Amazon. He pointed out a bunch of other companies as well. But focusing on Amazon in particular, he just made a great point. I didn't consider it that way. I just heard about Amazon offering their pregnant employees $4,000 to go across state lines if Roe versus Wade is, uh, is overturned. And, and a particular state, because that's what it does, it refers the decision on whether or not abortion will be legal or not back to the states to make up their own mind. So if an Amazon employee in a state in which abortion has been severely restricted or banned altogether uh, wants to go across state lines to a favorable place where they can go ahead and have their baby killed, Amazon says, you got it, and we got you. Four bills, four large, rather. For large, we got $4,000. This abortion is on us. And as Vince pointed out, I didn't really flip the, the script there and say, but what about an Amazon employee who's pregnant and she wants to have her baby? Does Amazon give her four large for her medical expenses? Does Amazon give her $4,000 for her children's needs or her child's needs? Amazon's giving away 4000 per pregnant woman working for them to go across state lines and kill their baby. Will they give money to somebody who chooses to have their baby? I just post it. That's the way I worded it. Amazon to pregnant employees who want to travel out of state to kill their babies. Here's 4K. The, this abortion is on us. Amazon to pregnant employees who want to simply give birth to their children. What do we look like? A charity? You're on your own. How about it? And how about all of those other companies that are doing it, as Vince was just talking about? It's pretty astounding. It's a pretty astounding report that so many of these woke companies, we know their wokeness, we know their, you know, their DIE, their diversity, inclusion, and inequity policies. We know what they're trying to do to foment racism and create uh, a, a, you know, more and more confused children, trying to uh, sexualize them. All of the things that they've been doing, it's its crazy, but, but none of it rose to the level of we'll pay you to kill your baby, we'll give you nothing for having your baby. It's really an astounding thing. Um, according to this report from the New York Post, however, Amazon already had a policy in effect that covered travel reimbursement of up to $10,000 for treatment of life-threatening conditions. So that's actually not bad, obviously. If they're t- saying employees who are suffering you know, life-threatening illnesses, and I'm assuming that means if you get cancer or, or, or any other uh, condition that threatens your life, they will give you travel reimbursement to go out of state to seek treatment for up to $10,000. That's a, that's, a, that's a strong corporate policy. That's a good thing. But the idea that they would treat, I mean, you know, look at the, look at the, look at the, backwardsness of that, if I can create a new word. In the $10,000 policy that I just described, they're telling people to go and save their lives and we'll contribute ten k in travel expenses for you to go and save your life. 
But this new policy is we're contributing 4K in travel expenses to go an end of life. Could it, could it be more polar opposite? We'll give you 4K if you go and kill your baby. If you stay here in the state in which you work and live now and have your baby, you're on your own. It's quite an astounding thing. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about, and I want to uh, lay it out for you right now. Trending now on alwaysright.us. If you have not already been on to alwaysright.us today, let me give you a little bit of a uh, kind of a primer here of what's available. Top stories on Always Right US right now. Abortion activists bombing the pro-life group's office with Molotov cocktails in Wisconsin. Biden gave a lukewarm, we strongly condemn that, response to it earlier this morning. Story now at alwaysright.us. The already unhinged abortion cretins have sunk to new lows at uh, Catholic churches all across the country yesterday. PJ Media's got that story. You can read it on alwaysright.us. Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice, says SCOTUS cannot be bullied and will not be bullied on Roe versus Wade, much to the chagrin of the bullies. A CNN poll, not a Fox News poll, CNN poll says 70, uh, 77% of Americans say Joe Biden's economy is poor. Joe Biden's economy is poor. His handling of the economy is worse. That's the most in a decade. 20 attorneys general, this one from the Ohio Press Network, that's Jack Windsor's organization. 20 attorneys general have demanded that Alejandro Mayorkas disband the disinformation governance board that he and Biden have created, threatening legal action if they don't. That's awesome. Uh, From the Ohio Star, a terrific piece on inflation that cannot be censored. They can censor your discussion of it, but it cannot be canceled itself. Another CNN poll, this one showing that the Supreme Court draft decision, uh, draft opinion, has not changed the overall picture for the midterms. I asked Jim Jordan about that earlier. Missouri and Louisiana AGs accuse Biden of colluding with big tech to silence dissenting voices. Read that story at alwaysright.us. And on the COVID track, MIT, an MIT study found that COVID vaccines, the, 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 the profit jabs, the, the, you know, the, the non-vaccine vaccines, significantly associated with a jump in emergency heart problems. All of those stories, the lead stories right now at alwayswrite.us. Read them there and share them with those that matter to you. That's uh, trending now on alwayswrite.us. All right, uh, I want to go to the phones at 216-901-0945, Charlie is in Westlake waiting patiently. Go ahead, Charlie. Hey, Bob, thanks for taking the call again. You got it. Hey. Uh, I'm looking at all this protesting and all this crazy. It seems like these pro-abort people, these women, are at, at war with reality. They don't want to believe that children are sexually transmitted. They don't want. They don't want to believe that they're women. They, they're, they're trying to, you know, change the whole narrative. That, uh, you know, I, this is to me. This whole thing is coming to a head, and I think the Supreme Court should just move up the date, right tomorrow, and just announce because they're causing, you know, a lot of violence is going to happen in this next month or so. These well, people are living, not living in reality. No, they're not. Um, the Supreme Court justices, though, um, are, and they know, and, and, and there's no way they're going to just bump this up quickly, because to be truthful, we don't know whether the opinion that was leaked that was written by Justice Alito is going to be the opinion that is signed by the other justices who agree with overturning Roe. 
Uh, some, in fact, have been very, very critical. And thanks for the call, Charlie. Keep listening. Some have been very critical of some of the language in Alito's uh, draft opinion. And once again, remember that this is a draft. Do you remember that from school? Your rough draft wasn't your final copy, was it? You turned it into the to the teacher or the professor, and, and then they marked it up a little bit, said you should change this, you should do that, you need more info on this, blah, 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 whatever the response. And then you write the final copy. This draft opinion may still be a work in progress. It maybe hasn't had the input of Clarence Thomas yet or Neil Gorsuch or Amy Coney Barrett or, uh, uh, or Brett Kavanaugh or, or anybody as far as the majority. And I don't know if we'll include uh, Chief Justice John Roberts in that or not, but that draft opinion may not be the final opinion. It may be just that a draft that Alito's working on. Thomas might be working on a different one. You know, Gorsuch might be working on a different one, Coney Bear, and they might be all working on their own opinions here and then asking one another, and they'll probably, in the course of, of what takes an awful lot of time here, they'll probably all put their heads together and say, I like this in yours, I like that in yours, I like this, I like this, let's put it together, and this is the one we all sign. Um, so we don't know if the Alito opinion is going to be the opinion. That's why we can't just say, hey, move it up, make your announcement now, because there just probably isn't an announcement to be made. That's probably the reality of the situation. 216 This is, of course, why it is believed by many, including Congressman Jordan, who said it, uh, that this is very likely a far-left law clerk working for one of the far-left um, Supreme Court justices. There's only three of them. But um, this is probably why we know that that's what it was, because they needed to get the Alito opinion out there to say, this is what's coming, this or a variation of it. If we don't fight now, they're going to write this and actually vote on this and codify this. Uh, not codify it, that's the wrong language, but they're going to vote on this and actually uh, you know, verify, and this will be the official opinion of the court if they have this vote. So this is what we want you to stop from, from happening or get them to change the language now. That's why it's almost a, a certainty as to who is you know, responsible for this. And I, I want to hit, again, what needed, needs to be hit. And I said this in the open about, about Brandon's culpability and everything that is happening at, with the attack on the clinic, the health clinic, the pro-life center in, uh, in, in Wisconsin, the attacks on the churches. You've got to see these stories, too. New York City churchgoers persevere in prayer as pro-abortion protesters stage mock abortions outside on the church sidewalk. They literally staged mock abortions. A performer lay down on her back and a pretend butcher pretended to yank a fetus, I guess, out of her. But this is mock abortions as fans cheered, thank God, for abortion. They, they, I mean, I, I, I wish I could comprehend the express elevator to hell that these people are going to be on when they are literally thanking the God of life for the ability to kill babies. And then staging outside of the Catholic Church where God is being worshipped, these these barbaric actions. This particular one happened at the Basilica of Old St. Patrick in New York. A day of protest at the church during which a performer known as Crackhead Barney shared her vision of performance art with the crowd that came to block church members from their monthly trip to a nearby Planned Parenthood clinic to pray. 
They're terrorizing my blanking uterus, she said, before saying, I'm killing them. I'm killing the babies. She then pretended she was having an abortion as the crowd around her chanted, thank God for abortion, thank God for abortion. Amid the antics, the pro-life advocates continued to pray silently. They continued to be peaceful. And the reason why should be as obvious as anything could be. Because they are peaceful. And it is the act of abortion that is violent. The killing of any innocent human being is always wrong, said the Reverend Brian Grabe, the pastor of the church. And so we're here to pray that we may be a country that respects and upholds the dignity of life. I just, if you are, I find it impossible to believe that that anyone who is over the age of, I don't know, 15, 16 right now, who's even alert to what's going on, could possibly be in the middle on this and not have an opinion. You are either pro-life or you are pro-death. Those are the only two choices. There's pro-life and there's pro-death. That's it. Equal and opposite. But if there was anyone who is sitting in the middle trying to decide which which side they they most identify with, I want you to consider the fact that the pro-death side stands outside of churches and stages mock abortions, killing mock babies, while chanting, thank God for abortion, while the other side stays quiet and privately and peacefully says their prayers to God for life. If you find yourself in the middle and you can't, and you don't find yourself automatically being drawn to the peaceful side, then God have mercy on your soul as well. I welcome thoughts at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Don't forget to leave messages on alwayswrite.us, alwayswrite.us, and we are all right back after this. Ten twenty six now, AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Phone lines open to you until uh, just shy of noon today at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and triple eight two eight one eleven ten. We always give the last segment each day to Bill O'Reilly to get you set up with the O'Reilly update. But uh, between now and then, we will take your phone calls, and we'll do so from uh, Akron right now. Paul, thanks for waiting. Paul, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm just calling if uh, anybody's looked at that U.S. Code 18, the number 1507, since these uh, Supreme Court people are court officers, and it's uh, actually a $5,000 fine parade around their house and such. If anybody's done anything on that, or Democrats just that safe of the U.S. laws? Well, um, I... Generally speaking, um, they don't put. Let me rephrase. I shouldn't say generally speaking. I'll just say normally what we have seen is as long as these people aren't going up into the homes, the lawns, the porches, and so on and so forth of the people they're protesting, if they're staying out on the sidewalks, they haven't been, nobody has been enforcing these things. Even though you're right, 18 U.S. Code 1507 about picketing or parading, you need to have permits and so forth. But I will say that when this all went down over the weekend, 
they there were about a hundred or so protesters at Kavanaugh's house, and then they left and went somewhere else. And when they tried to come back to Kavanaugh to pick up where they left off, the police then dispersed them and would not let them be there. Now, whether they cited fifteen oh seven or not, I don't know. But they did at least at that time, the second time around, say that's it, you're done, get out of here. You have to go and maybe threaten them with arrest. So it's probably something because it's infrequent. They don't really. Uh, go out there heavy-handedly citing U.S. code, U.S. law. But if this does become more frequent, Paul, I, I, I would expect anyway what they're going to do uh, is they're going to finally step up and uh, and start protecting these neighborhoods and these houses from it with the uh, you know with the law on their side. Yeah, I know. I'd hate to love by one of these judges right now. Well, you know what I heard though. Um, I didn't hear. I shouldn't say that. I read as I was preparing for the show last night and this morning, and I got to find which article it was in. But as they discussed the uh, protest outside of Kavanaugh's house, remember we talked last week about this group called uh, Ruth Sent Us. This far left group is the one that was uh, providing maps to uh, justices' homes to try to encourage people to protest. According to one report that I read, it was Kavanaugh's neighbor that actually called the protesters to say he lives here. They did. They they agreed with the protest, even though uh, it was going to make things inconvenient and loud and noisy and whatever for them. But there was one of Kavanaugh's neighbors, a leftist, who reported where he lived and told them where to go. So think about how insane that is, because you're right. Normally, this is something the neighbors don't deserve. Uh, you know, if somebody's coming to protest at a private residence, there's a whole lot of other people that are targeted in that. Uh, but in this case, one neighbor anyway asked for it. Can you believe such a thing? Yeah, that's probably one of the 28% that really think he's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That Brandon's doing a good job. It reminds me of Rand Paul. Remember, Rand Paul's neighbor was the one who attacked him and broke three or four of his ribs uh, simply because he disagreed with him on something. So, you know, these uh, these conservative officials, and thank you for the call, elected or unelected, in this case, in, the, in Kavanaugh's case, of course, appointed and confirmed, but these these officials who are conservative-minded, are always targets of radical leftists. You never know when they're coming for you. And I hate to be as, you know, painting with a broad brush here, but there's it's just time and time and time again. The violent side is the leftist side, the Antifa side, the rioting side, the smashing side, the looting side, the assaulting side, the shooting side. That's the left side. And there's no hiding from those facts anymore. We'll be right back. you reason in the age of unreason always right radio with bob france and the answer 1037 always right radio online at always dot us always dot us check it out for yourself don't forget to use the uh, uh to use the uh sound off feature there like uh, derek just did 
And I probably should plug it back in before I go and play that loud. Uh, this one came in yesterday. This is what I love about the feature. That's why I created this. Nobody else in radio is doing this, to my knowledge, where you can just go to your computer or go to your phone, speak into your phone's uh, uh, microphone or your computer's microphone, and leave a message. And when I am on the air next live, I will play it. I will respond to it. Hey, good morning, Bob. Derek from Richfield calling. So just listening to the um, the reaction by all the... Uh, by all the, the mobs that want to riot and protest and go harass Supreme Court justices at their uh, their private residences. It, just the timing of it, it just reminds me, um, since it's around the anniversary of the, the Kent State, you know, massacre, the shootings there, that, you know, of course, four people, you know, it was a massacre. But shame, you know, anyone had to die. But it's amazing how they left out, they, they, they have that story, of the Kent State shootings, but it's convenient that, you know, the, the arson, the ROTC building that was burned down the night before that happened, you know, the rioting that was going on then, you know, that, that doesn't really uh, make it into the into the, the remembrance of that event that happened at Kent State. You know, n- neither does mentioning the Weather Underground or, you know, any of those, uh, those violent leftist groups that were bombing police stations. And, yeah, it's just uh, obviously their tactic... They not they're not afraid to use violence to uh, to gain control. Not only are they not afraid of it, Derek, and uh, thank you for that message from Richfield. Not only are they not afraid to use violence, it is in their their playbook. It's in their it's in their uh, in their toolkit, if you will. And in fact, it is one of the very first things that they turn to. It's not even last resort. I, I posted something on my um, Truth Social page during the break. I'm always trying to 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 uh, communicate with you in whatever capacity I can. If you're not on Truth Social yet, get there and find me at Always Right, WHK. But I just posted Quiz Time with a link to the story of exactly what Derek was just talking about, the, the use of violence by the left to advance their cause and to advance their political ambitions. And the what I wrote was Quiz Time. The American left has always been and will always be the party of A, tolerance, or B, violence. And the answer, of course, is violence for a million different reasons. But, you know, just as an example, this story, this morning, a reporter calling for violence against pro-lifers, saying that they shouldn't have peace nor safety until they're dead. A reporter for Rewire News Group named Carolyn Riley called for more violence against pro-life Americans over the weekend as she appeared to celebrate reports of vandalism against the headquarters of the pro-life group in Wisconsin that I told you about at the beginning. She tweeted, in response to the New York Times tweet, which read, the headquarters of an anti-abortion group in Madison, Wisconsin, was set on fire Sunday morning in an act of vandalism that included the attempted use of a... The attempted? It was set on fire! How about successful use of a Molotov cocktail, New York Times, you hacks? And graffiti that read, if if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. Carolyn Riley, the reporter, tweeted in response to that, more of this. May these people never know a moment of peace or safety until they rot in the ground. I open the show by reminding you of what the party of death is all about. I open the show by reminding you that the opposite of the word life is death. And so the opposite of pro-life is pro-death. Don't allow them to deceive you with words like choice, pro-choice. No, 
The opposite of life is not choice. Look it up in any thesaurus. Look up the antonym for life. It is not choice. The antonym for life is death. You either are a believer in life or you're a believer in death. And that's it when it comes to innocent babies. So, so what they are, as we know, is a believer in that death. And as the reason I call them the party of death is because not only are they just really, really, really into the idea of dismembering babies with sharp instruments inside what is supposed to be the safety of their, mother, of their mother's womb, they are also really into the idea of killing people who might get in the way of that, killing adults who might get in the way of that. Where leftists go... People die. I Can I be any more clear? They cheer the attacks on peaceful people praying and working to save lives. They cheer the attacks on them and declare, may they never know a moment's peace or safety until they rot in the ground. In other words, continue to attack them until they're dead. This is what the left is. This is what the left does. I mean, I, I, I don't know any of them, but I, I kind of feel like, based on what we're witnessing and watching and listening to right now, these would be the people that would, were cheering for the buildings to come down on top of the firefighters on September 11th. What were those firefighters trying to do? Firefighters and police officers climbing mountains of stairs to get up to the impact zone and save lives. Cheering for peaceful people to die because they want to save lives in terms of babies would be like cheering for the buildings to come down on top of the firefighters. What do you think you're doing trying to save lives? I'm glad you're dead. May you have more of that. What do you mean saving lives? Because that's exactly what they're doing here. I won't apologize for that analogy. If you're trying to save lives, you're trying to save lives. And doing it peacefully. People praying or people working in a pro-life health center. Which means what? What is it? What is a pro-life health center? It's called it's called a healthcare facility, a legitimate one, one in which people, a pregnancy center, one in which people go to get assistance with their pregnancies, to make sure that everything is good, to make sure that their uh, a baby is fine, that they're growing properly, that everything, I mean, you know, ultrasounds and so forth, examinations, pregnancy centers. What are they doing to harm anybody? Nothing. They're trying to tell women to come here for assistance with your baby as opposed to going down the road to the Planned Parenthood clinic that wants to kill your baby. So if that's, if that's worth being assaulted and being attacked because they're trying to save lives, then that's the same thing as cheering for the uh, you know, first responders to, to be killed in the line of trying to save other people. Wisconsin Family Action. The clinic in question in Madison, as I told you, was assaulted and attacked by a Molotov cocktail. Vandalism. They burned it. They vandalized it. Then they left a message in spray paint on the wall. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. And this reporter cheered it. Cheered it and said, good, may they not have no safety until they rot in the grave. 
this person would have cheered the death of first responders who are acting to try to save lives. Just think about that. And by the way, good question is, where were the police? Where were the police? Where was the FBI? Hopefully somebody called and reported such an account because that's a direct threat. Calling for more of this is a call for what? Violence and arson to be committed against peaceful people. Where are the moderators on the website? Calling for violence? Where, where, where was Twitter? Did Twitter act? Did Twitter delete her account? Nope. She deleted her account to stop the sharp backlash from critics over her call to violence. But this is what the left is. This is what that caller was talking about, and this is what people need to understand. This isn't a, an outlier. This isn't a, a one-off. This is what the left believes. Let's go to, to uh, Twinsburg now. Joanne, tw- uh, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Joanne. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Uh, first thing, I have been kind of told that this um, this statute that's involved also has to do with tampering with the court in the same vein of jury tampering and things like that by them going to their private home. Right. And that is a felony. Okay, so these people are trying to influence the court, and they're yeah. not allowed to do that. You know what I mean? And in that vein, they are violating federal law. Well, and, um, but, but also, again, but again, hold on a second. They, they, they had permission, though. Not from what I was told. Well, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I mean, well, you, know, you, know you know who gave them permission? <laughs> Joe yeah, Biden. Kavanaugh's next-door neighbor? <laughs> no, no, Joe Biden gave them permission. Well, that's Joe true. Biden I mean, and Jen Psaki basically by when asked by a reporter what their what the the opinion of the White House is and whether or not they would condemn the idea of of protesting at the justices' houses, they were told that reporter was told that the White House has no opinion on the matter. They yeah, hope well, it's peaceful. So that's essentially right. giving them permission. Go do your thing and and do whatever it is you've got to do to try to impact this and intimidate these judges. Yes. I mean, and my other point is, where is the big Catholic Joe Biden? You know, I'm sorry, this man should be excommunicated. I mean, they're talking about burning the Holy Eucharist. I mean, come on. He didn't condemn that either. He hasn't said a word. I mean, he came out with this mealy mouth thing about this Molotov cocktail and this, you know, this family center. But he doesn't say a word about his Catholic church. The Pope told him he was good. Yeah, even though even it, though Bob. he even though he admitted even though he admitted and said out loud that he knows full well that abortion is the act of killing a child. It's the act of killing a child. It's not the act of a healthcare procedure between a mother and her doctor. He literally well, put that week, into he words. Said, you know, I mean, you know, if a woman wants to kill her baby, he called it a baby. Yeah, I mean, he did. but I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm tired of the Catholic Church being on both sides of it. I was no. happy to see the visiting priest at my church yesterday say. That he hopes that this goes through. Well, you know so what I, written. you know what I, you know what I think, <laughs> and 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 thank you for the call. I appreciate it, Joanne. You know what I think is is, I think the Catholic Church, and I am a Catholic. I, I think they have succumbed to the intimidation tactics that we're talking about, not just as it pertains to abortion, but as it pertains to the LGBTQ agenda. Uh, the Alphabet Mafia, the Rainbow Warriors, whatever you want to call them. There's a ton of different nicknames for them. I think the Catholic Church has almost surrendered to all of this wokeism in modern-day 
well, the modern-day world, not just modern-day America, um, because we look at the Pope, and you look at what the church has done to uh, essentially accommodate and to acquiesce to the demands of those individuals. And I don't know that they are the church that represents the millions and millions and millions of Catholics worldwide who have come to rely upon them for guidance and to rely upon them for, uh, you know, being the, the, the liaison between, between the parishioners, which is us and God. And that's what the church was supposed to be. I think that has ceased to exist because you're right. The fact that people like Nancy Pelosi, pro baby killer, Joe Biden, pro baby killer, that they continue to receive the approval of the church, they continue to receive uh, uh, communion, and they are not held to account for their actions, which lead to the death of precious life created by God. I, I feel like the church has essentially abandoned um, the people and the faith and the tenets of, of Catholicism. I really do. It's it's very sobering, and it's very disgusting to have to say that, but I cannot come up, come up with any other any other explanation. You heard Biden admitted this. So the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child. There it is. To abort a child. A child. A child. Not a blob of protoplasm. Not a clump of cells. Not a nameless, faceless, non-human embryo. A child. Not make a decision on health care between a woman and her doctor. The act of abortion terminates, extinguishes, kills life. A child. And he said it out loud and still enjoys the good graces of the church. I don't know about you, but that makes me have a very big problem with the church. 216-901-0945, Always right radio right back. You know, since it is kind of planting season right now, right? get into this time of year, you're planting flowers, or if you do vegetable gardens, you're planting your seeds. And I feel like this just needs to be said. Individuals who are both, pro, both pro-choice, well, I'm sorry, I don't like that word, I told you, it's, it's, a, it's a cop-out, it's, it's weakness, own your position. If you believe that it's okay to kill babies, then you're pro-death. That's that simple. Individuals who are both both pro-death and pro-life will go to the greenhouse and buy their seeds. And then they're going to bring them home, and they're going to plant those seeds in the soil. And when they do, they can't see them. They can only see dirt. But they're going to nurture those seeds anyway, even though they can't see them. They're going to take care of them from the outside. They're going to make sure that those seeds have the right sunlight, the right water, the proper fertilization of the soil. They're going to continue to do this even though they can't see them, but they know they're there. And they know what they can become, what they will become, if they're cared for. 
when those little seeds sprout and pop out of the ground, people who are both pro-death and pro-life will rejoice and celebrate the growth. Even though the seeds aren't producing vegetables yet or flowers yet, the grower will work to make sure that that growth happens properly so that they grow from kind of being a, a little baby seed and a little baby plant into something bigger and more flourishing. In their earliest form of life, those seeds are valuable and important and deserve to be cared for, even when you can't see them, and even when they just start out to be little tiny versions of themselves, of what they will be one day. When a baby begins its life growth, no one can see that child either. It's tiny, just like the seed. Doesn't look anything like what it will look at its at, at its point of birth. But unlike the plant seed, many people claim it's just a clump of cells. It's not an actual living being that is go- going to grow into something much, much different than what it is now. So they'll save and nurture the unseen plant seed, but they'll kill the unseen baby. This analogy came via a Facebook friend um, whose name is Jennifer. It was shared by another Facebook friend. And she writes, does Jennifer, who compared the plant seed, the unseen plant, flower, or vegetable seed to the child that can't be seen. She wrote, as a mother who has birthed three children, I disagree with the clump of cells theory because in my heart I knew I was pregnant with a child each time, even before I took a pregnancy test. I didn't need to see proof to know it was true. My heart had already been knit to that child, even though I couldn't see her. She went on to say, I'm not trying to start a debate. This is not something I want to debate in the comments, but it's just simply some thoughts. In the meantime, as we approach Mother's Day, take a moment to thank God that your mother gave you life. Well, I'll tell you something. I have done that, and I will always do that, because it wasn't always a given for me. I was, I was, I was the product of a, an unplanned pregnancy, and uh, a mother uh, who was in a very difficult situation. I'm not going to repeat my whole story, but she was given the choice back uh, in, in pre pre Roe v. Wade, given the choice because of a doctor's discretion to have me aborted or to uh, deliver me, even though she knew she couldn't bring me home and couldn't take care of me. So the options were kill me or deliver me and then put me up for adoption. She made the choice to do the latter, which is why I'm here right now. She didn't give up on that seed, even though she couldn't see it. She knew what it was going to become. And that's uh, that's the message. So thank you to Jennifer. Uh, I won't give your last name. I don't want to over-publicize you, in case you wish not to be that. But thank you for your message, because it's true. We care for seeds that we can't see. We know that there is life under that soil, and we know that that life is going to blossom and sprout and become something glorious and something wonderful. And we would never think about just digging it up because it's inconvenient. Yet we do that with babies every single day in this country. It's 11 o'clock. We'll take our news break. We'll come back. We'll get more of your phone calls. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Always Right Radio. 
note and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two, uh, three, rather, excuse me. Hour number three of Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer, this Monday edition. It's the ninth morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. We are guest-free in hour number three. So anything you want to say, well, you'll have a pretty good chance of having it heard at 216-901-0945 right now. Dial it up. We'll get you up and on the air. A couple of really interesting stories outside the abortion issue, which has been the dominant uh, theme and subject of the conversation so far today and also uh, over the course of the last week nationwide. I want to share at least a little bit of of this with you. Um, Never to be... You know, confused with people who are, I don't know, halfway reasonable, intelligent. The American left really takes it to a new level when they go on The View. I want to share this. There is a conservative guest host on The View, or was back on Friday, um, somebody with whom I'm not terribly familiar, uh, unfortunately. But she's a black woman who asked and challenged the rest of the cackling hens, the leftist uh, D.I.E. hens on The View, about the student loan issue that we have been discussing. Now, this is something we have talked about in the course of the past couple of weeks to some extent and in, in some depth about the insanity of the entire thing, the, the question of fairness, the question of cutoff dates, the question of who gets reimbursed after they've already paid off their debts and so on and so forth. I want you to listen to this, uh, this little exchange between a conservative black woman asking, where is my reimbursement for my student loan debt that I just paid off? Elizabeth Warren, the senator, the nut job, the former uh, uh, Liawatha slash Focahontas uh, senator from Massachusetts, was there arguing that student debt should be forgiven for, I don't know, everybody? Everybody who's a student now, everybody who's going to be a student in the future, everybody who's been a student up until a certain length of the past. I just don't know how this is supposed to work. So I want to switch gears a little bit to student loans. I mean, you've been fiercely advocating for the president to cancel student loan debts. But really, only 13% of Americans even have federal student loan debt. So is this really the best way to reach most voters? And also, what do you say to someone like me who worked two jobs for a decade to pay off all their student loans, just finished? Where do I sign up for reimbursement? So let's start... that's that's that that to me is this is the end of the discussion right there. Where is my reimbursement? Where do I sign up for a check? Because I just paid all of mine off. I've asked this question many times of you. You're not a senator. You don't have a say in this. You don't get to cast a vote as to whether or not student loan is forgiven. Elizabeth Warren is a senator. She was asked this question directly. What about me? Do I get my reimbursement? Listen how Elizabeth Warren completely uh, uh, um, ignores the question. 
doesn't even address the issue of what about me? What about fundamental fairness for people who work their tails off and paid their loans off? What about them? To pay off all their student loans just finished, where do I sign up for reimbursement? So let's start <laughs> out with who has student loans today. No. No. Lizzie, no. Let's start out with you answer her question. When does she get to sign up and where does she go to sign up to get reimbursement for the loans she already paid off? Okay. Um, about 40% of the folks with student loans don't have a college diploma. They're folks who tried. Yeah. They're folks who tried and life happened. Pregnancies. Um... What? Wait a second. Wait, are, are, are we really going there? The fact that a whole bunch of students who weren't college material decided to take loans out to go to college anyway and failed and flunked out. They don't have a college diploma. They don't have a college degree. They tried but failed. Life happened. We need to take care of them. That's what she just said. Who tried and life happened. Pregnancies, uh, uh, they were already working two jobs and lost one of them. Uh, mom got sick, family had to move somewhere else. And now they earn what a high school grad earns, and they're trying to pay off college-level debt. And- okay. i got to take this slowly and carefully <laughs> so I don't say the wrong thing. What about that person who took out a took out a, a business loan. What about somebody who went to a bank and said, I want to open up my own shop, my own sign business, my own shoe store, my own fast food restaurant, my own ice cream stand. I want to be in business for myself, and I'm going to take out a loan because that's what you do. You get a business loan. And then what if you tried, but then, quote, life happened? Somebody got sick in my family, or I I was working another job to pay off the loan that I had to pay back to get my business open, and and it just I couldn't pay it off anymore, so I had to shut down my business. I failed. I tried, but I failed. Elizabeth Warren, are you and your Marxist hack colleagues in the United States Senate and in the Congress going to argue for forgiveness of those business loans? And if not, why not? How can you say that somebody who takes out a student loan but then fails and doesn't get his degree should be excused because life happens? Give them their, give them their, forgive their loans, forgive them their debts. But what about somebody who actually tries to open up their own business and takes out a, uh, and takes out a, a, a business loan and their business fails because life happens? When, are we gonna, are we gonna, Are we going to forgive their debts, too? And what about people who just work their tails off at a blue-collar job? Or any kind of a job, but since you're going with the, it's these poor people making what a high school graduate makes and not what a college graduate makes nonsense is your argument. What about a high school graduate making high school dollars who bought a home? And And then life happened, and somebody got sick, and medical bills got too high. And gasoline prices got too high because of your beloved buddy, uh, President Brandon. And inflation got too high, and they can't make their mortgage payments. And they're going to be foreclosed upon by the bank. Well, well, what about it? They tried. 
What if they tried, Lizzie? What if they tried and failed? Because life happened. Do we forgive their mortgage debt? Somebody tell me what makes a college student so god-awful special to the point where they don't have to pay back their loans that everybody else does. Somebody explain the fairness factor here. Percent of the folks with student loans don't have a college diploma. They're folks who tried. Yeah. They're folks who tried and life happened. Pregnancies, uh, uh, they were already working two jobs and lost one of them. So if I'm working two jobs and my wife gets pregnant and she can't go to work at her job and we're behind on our mortgage payments, you're going to argue for mortgage forgiveness, right? Uh, Mom got sick, family had to move somewhere else. Mom got sick, dad got sick, bad things happened, and we can't pay for our business loan anymore. In fact, we had maybe, maybe Mike DeWine happened. Lizzie, how about it? Maybe Mike DeWine happened. Maybe Mike DeWine used his his extraordinary overreach of governmental powers to declare my business non-essential during the summer and the in the fall and the winter of COVID. And my business was closed down. And then when it was allowed to be reopened, it was only be allowed to be reopened for 25% capacity. And I kept losing money month after month after month after month to the point where my business, along with another 4,000 Ohio businesses, were closed forever. Shouldn't their mortgage, or excuse me, shouldn't their business loans be forgiven? Or must they file bankruptcy? Must they file for Chapter 7 or 11 bankruptcy, losing and, and forever damaging their ability to buy anything else again? On credit at a minimum of seven years a minimum of seven years to try to rebuild any kind of credit score whatsoever if you file chapter 7 or chapter 11 are you gonna make the students file chapter 7 or 11 just for giving their their, their student loans this isn't enough is it I mean just the hypocrisy here and now they earn what a high school grad earns and they're trying to pay off college-level debt, and it is crushing mm-hmm. their bones. Keep in mind... Just like it is crushing the bones of the business owner whose business was closed because Mike DeWine happened. Just like the homeowner whose home is being foreclosed upon because life happened. That of those who have student loan debt, more than half have negative wealth. They don't have any wealth. And they're older, so, also, a lot of them are over. Person who just had their business go under also has negative wealth. Person who has their home being foreclosed upon cannot pay for the roof over their head. They also have negative wealth. Why are you focusing only on students? Can we just call a spade a spade? Can we just say the truth here? Can we just Can we just clarify what is going on here? The American Marxist left is trying to buy votes from college students who will forever be Marxist just like they are by turning to the government for the solution of all of their problems. They are trying to buy lifelong Democrats. You've already indoctrinated them from pre-K through 12th grade, and then whatever number of years they go to college before failing because life happens, you've indoctrinated them with these socialist Marxist principles, and now the best way to lock them in forever is to tell them you don't have to pay it back. The government's got you.
and by the government, that means everybody else who already paid their loans back. And, of course, the the GI down the block who went into the service to be able to pay for his or her college uh, educations. Or the kid down the block who went to welding school and now works as a welder 40 hours a week, sometimes 60 with overtime, having to take part of his check to pay back to the government in order to pay back the banks that forgave your student loans upon direct order by people like Lizzie Warren. Yeah, tell me some more about how much you care about people. You care about buying and influencing votes and voters, not just now, but for a lifetime. 216-901-0945, right back. Okay, 1123, AM 1420, the answer. By the way, it should be noted that the extraordinary ignorance expressed by the hosts and guest hosts on The View is exceeded only by the extraordinary racism and bigotry also expressed by the hosts on The View. Sonny Hostin might be the most racist individual working in mainstream legacy television media today. She might be, as she declared the term black Republican to be an oxymoron. She doesn't understand how any black or any Latina can possibly be a Republican. She was uh, summarily dragged, by the way, by that, uh, excuse me, by the way, about that after she made that statement on Friday by black Republicans all over the Internet. Because, of course, what is more insulting than being told you can't think for yourself if you're dark? If you have darker skin than lighter skin, you can't think for yourself. You must all agree with us. You must all be a part of the Democrat, leftist, Marxist uh, ideology. You must be a Democrat. If you dare try to think for yourself, then you're not. This is what Joe Biden said, right? Didn't he say this? If, 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 if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black? That's like saying what Sonny Hostin is saying. If you don't think like me, then you ain't black. You ain't truly black. If you don't think like me and think like us, I don't understand that. It's an oxymoron if you're a black Republican. How dare you have original thought? How dare you have your own personal opinions that don't align with mine and other black people? The darkness or lightness of one's skin should have absolutely no bearing on the thoughts that exist in one's head. I mean, honestly, you talk about literally flipping the dream on its head upside down. Do not consider content of character or originality of thought. Consider only color of skin when evaluating a person. This is what she said. This is what they do. All right, let's go to um, John in Lakewood. John, thanks for your patience. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for sharing your personal life. And all that I can add is thank God you are in the heartland, not on the West Coast. You know what I mean. I do. Ah, You see, I'm 87. Can you go beyond the the hot-button issue, the basic respect for institutions has been eroding. That's why they told us ahead of time. It's a fragile republic. Even people like John Cohen and the Judiciary Committee members, both parties, over the years I've watched C-SPAN since 1980, they say, those nine unelected people in the ropes, that's the Constitution says. They should watch the Henry Fonda 
you know, advice and concern movie. I watched both parties saying no respect for the judges in the Supreme Court. Borking has been going on. We have reduced it to everything. And now we've got an election in each state. We don't even have a map ready. I'm not trying to throw the baby with the bathwater. I have told you this before. Next to Magna Carta, American Constitution is the best document ever, ever created. Unfortunately, we don't even know how to handle what has been given to us by the founding fathers. It's sad. Hot button issues are nothing more than hot button issues. Which way the wind blows? Put the finger in there. I, I don't. I don't know, John. I don't know that I, we can't handle the Constitution that was given to us. I just don't think that there is enough courage to do it. We have the know-how. We just don't have the courage to because of of you know the the, the face of public opinion, particularly. In, and thank you for the call, my friend. Particularly in this age or in this era, because the face of public opinion is so much louder and in your face than ever before. Social media changed the equation. The entire game was changed by social media thirty years ago. The public opinion polls would only be known by what? Public opinion polls. Some surveys, calling phones, what do you think of this, what do you think of that? That's the only thing politicians had uh, upon which to, to base the decisions that they made as representatives in Congress, for example. It's the only thing they had. And then the occasional town halls in which they talk to people directly. But now everybody screams at the top of their lungs into their Twitter feed or their Truth Social feed or their Facebook feed or whatever. And this is the game changer. People know, many of the people, dare I say most of the people who are in positions of power, elected officials, they know what it takes to handle and defend and use uh, and abide by our Constitution for the betterment of all. But because of the uh, fickle nature, if you will, of, of, of modern Americans in, in a very left-leaning type of, of media, and now the the existence, the creation, the spread of social media has has changed all of the the um, uh, the algorithms, if you will. I don't mean the ones that the tech giants are using. I'm talking about the ones that the election or the uh, candidates and politicians use to figure out what their policy should be. It's all been changed because of social media. You know, the reality of it is Twitter, as big as it is, and how it has become the quote unquote you know public square. That's why Elon Musk bought it. And said because it's kind of like you know the new public square for news and discussion, and it may be. But do you know that a very very small percentage of Americans even use Twitter, and have Twitter accounts? They can have millions and millions, but there's 330 million Americans. The overwhelming majority of Americans do not have Twitter accounts. Do they log on to it and read what other people say from time to time? Yeah, a lot of them get their news from it. And these are a lot of the people with the biggest voices, the bullhorns, if you will. But the the vast majority of Americans don't have Twitter, yet elected officials and politicians govern and run for office on the opinions of Twitter. It looks like this is the way the trend is going now, based on this sample size. And it's not a huge sample size. The number of millions of users, yes, is big. When you look at it in a vacuum, when you compare it to the number of people in the country... The number of adults, the number of people of number of people of voting age in the country, it's still it's still minuscule in that regard. But they do. They take that into consideration when they make up their minds, when they establish their policies and when they establish the platforms upon which they will campaign. Thank you, John, for that. Uh, we'll come right back. More calls after this. AM fourteen twenty the answer.
Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, but I, I know this may be a novel point, a, a novel idea for somebody who's, you know, a supporter of Trump. But there are people who are capable of being related and not having Many things that I don't stand by that Trump mm-hmm. did. Trump has done things that are racist. I'm a black woman first, so always understand that. Mm-hmm. But I do say that I have many conservative values that I will talk to you about. And so if you look at your network you that you're standing behind, yes. And when you look at your network that you're standing behind, you're saying that you look at Chris Cuomo. I feel like that's an oxymoron, a black Republican. You feel oh. like it's an oxymoron. Why? Your friend right here is a Republican. We had She's this conversation. Tell, tell you do. And you say you feel like it's an oxymoron that you're Catholic, but you also are pro-life. I, I don't understand either. No, you, you don't understand yourself then. You have, you have disagreements. I understand myself. I don't understand I, either of this, But it's not a personal conversation. Yeah. We're going, I don't, like, we're, I don't. we're having a personal conversation about, about CNN I, I don't and how black can get leads. And I don't understand Latino Republicans. Well, here's I what I have. Today, this is not about me, and it's not about you. It's about celebrating Corinne Jean-Pierre. And I think we should, and we can agree on that. So that's the piece I was talking about. That's uh, that's Sunny Hostin on The View. She is one of the most racist individuals in all of media. She she doesn't she doesn't you know hide it. She doesn't try to uh, to mask it in any way. She she just openly hates non-blacks, and she has no tolerance for blacks who are non-democrats. That's just she makes it clear on an almost daily basis. We've played clips of her before, but this is the first time we've heard her say that a black Republican is an oxymoron and that she doesn't understand black Republicans or Latino Republicans. It's an astounding thing. It really is. She doesn't understand how they can exist, how black people can dare think for themselves. It is the ultimate insult of a person of color. What's wrong with you thinking on your own? Vernon Jones, by the way, who's a candidate for Congress in Georgia, responded, quote, Hi, Sonny. I'd be happy to help you understand why I refuse to support the KKK-loving, segregation-defending, radical Democrat Party any day. Invite me on The View. I have a feeling y'all aren't ready for that conversation. Amen. God bless. Thank you, Vernon Jones. No, they don't want that conversation at all. They barely could tolerate the conversation from Lindsey Granger, the black female there, who said, yes, I'm a Republican and I have conservative values. She said, I'm a black woman first, which is odd to me because I would just think that, first of all, you could just be a woman first or an American first, but okay, whatever. But I'm a black woman first, but yes, I'm conservative, I have conservative values, and I'm a Republican. And it's hard enough for them to handle her being there. In fact, they had to shut her down and say, oh, we're talking about, uh, what's her name, the new, um, the new press secretary who's going to replace uh, 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 Propaganda Patty. Uh, what's her name again? Because they talk about it. Okay, well, well, today, this is not about me, and it's not about you. It's about celebrating Corinne Jean-Pierre. And I- That's her, Corinne Jean-Pierre. They introduced Corinne Jean-Pierre last Friday as the new, or uh, Thursday, as the new incoming press secretary. She's been the assistant. She's been the fill-in for uh, Propaganda Patty when Propaganda Patty, the twice-jabbed and twice-boosted press secretary, got COVID. (laughs) She's been the fill-in. But now she's taking over. And, of course, do you know what the left made sure that you knew, what the branded administration made sure to inform you of? They made sure to inform inform you of the types of people that the new press secretary likes to have sex with. Wait, what? Yeah. 
they made note of the history-making event that Corinne Jean-Pierre, the new the new propaganda patty of the Brandon administration as press secretary, is the first openly black and openly gay press secretary. She's openly black and openly gay. I guess that's supposed to being covertly black and covertly gay. But she's black and she's openly gay, and it's the first time history has been made, they said. How about that, huh? Now, they never mentioned who Jen Psaki, the OG peppermint pa- uh, uh, propaganda patty, likes to sleep with. I don't know why, but because they sure made, the tel- made uh, uh, a point of telling us who her replacement likes to sleep with. She likes to sleep with women. Yes, she chooses women as her sexual partners. That's dynamite. Good for her. How about that? Didn't tell us about who Patty... No, didn't know. Nobody ever asked us, or, or told us, rather. Uh, maybe because nobody asked who Kaylee McEnany, who was the press secretary under President Trump, who she liked to sleep with. Isn't it funny that they tell us these things that nobody's asking about? Isn't it funny? And then they call us bigoted if we respond to that? Yeah, Corinne Jean-Pierre likes women, and she's the first. She's the first press secretary to be black and openly a a, 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 a lover uh, and a, and a, and a sleeper with people of her own gender. That's great. Put it on the business card. I, I'm just I'm failing to understand how any of this is relevant to anything. But this is what they make a point of telling us in this culture which we are fighting so very, very hard to, to protect. Joe is in Parma. Thanks for your patience, Joe. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, following up on that, what about Ducey? They're always uh, harping on him, and they don't celebrate his uh, choices or what have you. Yeah, nobody um, has said anything about his heterosexuality, so I don't understand, understand yeah. that, but anyway. And yeah. um, go back to uh, Lizzie uh, Pocahontas-Warren. I don't know what she's I'm upset about if students are becoming pregnant because... That's only a five-minute inconvenience anyway, so why even worry about it? That's a good um, point. That's a good point. How I, so in other words, we don't have to forgive their student loans if they get pregnant because they can take care of that in just a couple minutes, which is what she recommends anyway. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Good point. And um, you made me think of something earlier about the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. There's a guy on YouTube named Frank Turek, and he runs um, Cross-Examined. And he brought up the, the point that the Catholic Church itself, or the Church itself in general, is responsible because what they did years ago was they separated themselves from politics and from everybody else and said, no, 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 we have nothing to do with that stuff. We're the church. We're in our own bubble. And in doing so, um, separated from the community and allowed others to come in and, um, you know, kind of destroy the culture overall. And he was making that point. I thought it was really fascinating. Yeah, I didn't hear it. I'll have to check it out, though. I got to get here. Thank you so much for the call. But, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of movement in the church uh, where they used to be apolitical, and now they are becoming very, very much political. And uh, their politics are obvious. They are very, very left of mainstream America uh, and mainstream Catholicism. That's all the time we've got. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's go, Brandon. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.